A 3% SSA growth cost per pupil would be $7,635. Funding for K-12 public schools would be $107 million more than last year, the same amount private schools are estimated to get for new state-funded scholarships. School vouchers for students to attend private school. $107 million for yet 14,000 students. From IPR News, this is the legislative podcast Under the Golden Dome. Democrats say public school funding should have a 5.9% increase to match tax cuts and new funding private schools will receive. Our public schools are not competing on a level playing field. They also say school funding hasn't kept up with inflation for six years. Shortchanging Iowa's public schools is shortchanging the future of Iowa's kids. And there's a bill that limits the amount awarded in medical malpractice cases. The only thing that this bill does is let an insurance company write a check for a fraction of a jury's justice. Iowa doesn't have a cap on the amount a jury can award in a medical malpractice suit, and advocates of the bill say that's hurting the health care workforce. This bill is absolutely necessary for our state to continue to train future physicians to serve every part of Iowa. I'm John Pimble. This is Under the Golden Dome for the week ending February 10th, 2023. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Supplemental state aid, that's SSA, at $106.8 million. Republican Representative Craig Johnson reads from the House floor how much more money K-12 public schools will receive for fiscal year 2024. The state cost per pupil amount increased to $7,635, which is a $222 increase. By law, next year's public school education budget must be finalized within the first 30 days of the session. Most years that doesn't happen and there is no enforcement mechanism. However, this year the Senate, House and Governor are meeting this requirement. We have $107 million this year we're giving to our uh, private schools, our private school kids. Democratic Representative Sharon Steckman compares the proposed public school increase to the estimated amount the state will spend on new private school funding. Early in the session, the legislature passed a bill for educational savings accounts. It would allocate the same amount of public education per pupil funding for each private school student. Also, we're doing a $160 million corporate tax cut. You put those two numbers together. If we have money for that, we certainly have money to give our schools what they need to succeed, 5.8%. They have stretched and stretched for the last few years. Democratic Representative Sue Cahill is a retired teacher and says a rural school in her Marshall County district will have to make changes. Last year and the year before, they had to switch their grade sharings, which are between towns. They had to move all the fourth and fifth graders to another Um, school to another community because they didn't have the funds. When this same proposal is debated in the Senate, we underfund the public schools for many years in a row, made them less effective. Democratic Senator Claire Selsey says weakening of public schools benefits private schools. The other thing is to demonize public schools, and that's happening too. 
There are bills running through the legislature right now that demonize public schools and public school teachers and make them held to higher standards than private schools. So it puts it in the mind of the public that there's something wrong with public schools when really there isn't anything wrong with public schools. The main thing wrong with public schools is that we don't fund them properly. Democratic Senator Sarah Trone Garriott says when enrollment in a school declines, it means that district receives less funding. She estimates 71 districts will receive less funding this year than last under the current proposal. Their student enrollment is decreasing, but many of their costs are not. Many of their costs are fixed or rising because you can't heat a school building five students less or maintain the buses five students less. Five students less means cutting an entire staff position, a teacher. It means raising class sizes for many students or cuts to programs for an entire building or an entire district. Senator Trone Garriott identifies senators who represent various school districts that will receive less funding. Senator Schultz, the districts of Audubon, Boyer Valley, IKM, Manning, Maple Valley, Anthem, Schaller, Crestland, Schleswig, and Woodbine are all getting less this year as opposed to last year. How do your people feel about that? Their kids getting less. A point of order is called by Republican Senator Jason Schultz. Presiding over the body is Senate President Amy Sinclair. Please state your point. The, the, the rules of the chamber uh, require that the members address the president, and I've been waiting for my name to be called and be looked in the eye and be addressed personally. The, the rules are not being followed, and I would ask that you enforce them. Your point is well taken. Democratic Senator Tony Bisignano raises a point of order concerning this ruling. Madam President, what she was doing was not directly addressing the members. She was informing the members of what's going on in their district with this bill. There was no personal attack. There was was absolutely nothing inappropriate by her remarks to state facts as she has written them. That's wrong. We are now going to hamstring the minority to where, what, we can't look over there? We have to look at you? Is that where we're going in this chamber? That was inappropriate to even object. And I'm appalled where the Senate's going. In the House and Senate, when legislators are speaking, their speech is to be addressed to the presiding officer. However, when that isn't the case, it is exceptionally rare for a legislator to raise an objection. This spending bill debate lasts for about an hour and 20 minutes. I just want to remind the body that this budget... I'll start with the word conservative, with no apology. Republican Senator Ken Rosenboom is the floor manager and delivers the closing remarks. I want to remind the body that since 2017, we have increased funding for K-12 schools in Iowa by over $1.5 billion per year, including another $107 million per year reflected in this bill. We heard a lot about cuts. We heard a lot about not enough funding. I'd like to encourage my friends across the aisle to vote for this. It would be the first time you've voted for an increase in K-12 funding for quite a, quite a few years. 
So, uh, Madam President, it's a good, solid budget. It's thought out. Uh, I ask my, the body to uh, all support Senate File 192. The bill passes the Senate and the House, and Governor Kim Reynolds signs this bill into law. This is the legislative podcast, Under the Golden Dome. I'm John Pimble. This December, IPR is heading to the magical Christmas markets in Germany and Austria. Save $400 by signing up before June 11th at IPR.org slash travel. Don't wait. Tickets are limited. In Iowa, if a medical malpractice lawsuit goes to trial, the settlement the jury awards for non-economic damages has no cap. Non-economic damages include emotional distress, quality of life, or other aspects that are difficult to quantify. Many of you may know that there was a $97.4 million settlement um, against one of our um, colleagues in Iowa City. Dr. Shannon Leverage is an obstetrics and gynecology specialist working with healthcare providers in the Quad Cities. We have had a huge reduction in our workforce. The $97 million lawsuit was awarded last spring. An Iowa City family sued a medical clinic and a doctor. They contend their baby suffered brain damage caused by the medical staff's failure to act on the baby's lack of oxygen just before birth. The child is now three and requires daily assistance. The non-economic damages portion of this lawsuit is $40 million. The impact that this um, climate has on young physicians who are looking for a place to set up their OB practice is, um, I I just cannot overstate how much this is affecting um, our workforce. Dr. Leverage is speaking to a Senate subcommittee that would place a limit or cap on the amount of non-economic damage settlements. She supports this bill because she believes the state's lack of a cap is hurting the medical profession's ability to hire new staff. We know that of the 145 cases, 90% or more are going to settle before trial. Jim Carney is from the Iowa State Bar Association. He says in 2021, 145 malpractice suits were filed and 15 went to a jury trial. There were only eight counties that had medical mal verdicts in those counties. Think of that. That's the trouble. That's the problem you're, you're asked to be uh, dealing with here today. Aaron Muck is the CEO of Crawford County Memorial Hospital and says a lack of caps in Iowa is a problem for recruiting. A lot of people are asking, what is your cap in your your um, state? And when you're telling them there is none, they have no interest anymore. The bill advances all the way to the Senate chamber. This bill caps non-economic damages in medical malpractice cases where there is a substantial or permanent loss of impairment of a bodily function, substantial disfigurement or death at $1 million. Republican Senator Jason Schultz floor manages this bill. Senator Schultz says this bill does not cap economic damages. For example, lost income is under economic. Lost potential econo- lost potential income is economic. <clears throat> Actual and projected costs of medical care, adaptive equipment, costs and services that the injured person can no longer provide for others. These costs can be estimated with reasonable confidence based on objective evidence. The bill does not limit this kind of damages in any way. This bill clarifies that a non-economic damage award is capped at $1 million for a doctor or a clinic and $2 million for a hospital. 
but it can only be one or the other. So, for example, a $3 million award isn't possible. Democratic Senator Janice Weiner says nine state Supreme Courts have ruled damage caps are unconstitutional. State Supreme Courts have found these caps to be a breach of the right to trial by jury, to equal protection, the right of a re- to a remedy, and the separation of powers. I don't believe that we in this chamber should insert ourselves into the jury box and tell citizens what a life is worth. That is the province of the jurors actually hearing the case. This bill passes the Senate. It's also debated in the House of Representatives. This bill does not apply if the defendant's actions constitute actual malice. Republican Representative Ann Meyer is the floor manager for the bill. You all heard about the $97.4 million award from last March. $40 million of that was for non-economic damages, pain and suffering. The amount that Iowa juries are awarding is now unlimited. Democratic Representative Heather Matson says in that particular case, the insurance company did not allow the doctors or hospital to settle out of court, forcing a jury trial. Outright ignored the repeated requests to settle from a patient's family. That last example was what happened when the, with the often discussed $97 million verdict. Had the insurance company responded, that case may never have gone to trial. And let's not forget, half of that verdict was for economic damages. Would Representative Meyer yield? Would the lady yield? You're in order. Democratic Representative Brian Meyer is an attorney and asks Representative Ann Meyer to yield to questions. You don't trust juries? Is that what I heard you say? Um, that's not what I said at all. I, it, that is, those words have never come out of my mouth. I said that this bill does not preclude a jury trial. This is not getting rid of a jury trial. I've never said I don't trust juries, ever. You said juries are out of control. I said verdicts are out of control. Who does the verdict? Verdicts are out of control. Who does the verdicts? The jury. Verdicts are out of control. Plain and simple truth of the matter is the American jury system, its entire purpose is to hear the facts of a case. Republican Representative Brian Losey does not support this bill. Losey says a jury decision is an important part of this process. It's not our right to set a limit on a person's pain and suffering, and I find find it incredibly arrogant of us to even think that we should. To think that we know more than the people who hear the facts, look the injured party in the eye, and truly assess what their pain and suffering is worth. Quite simply, caps are not the answer. The rights of the individual must always come first. Republican Representative Mark Cisneros is another one of the few Republicans who oppose this bill. Representative Cisneros says this bill will benefit insurance companies at the expense of victims. I can tell you with certainty there are several of you in this body who are prepared to vote for this bill despite knowing in your heart it is immoral and unjust. Why? Because this bill was labeled a priority by leadership? Will you seriously allow yourselves to be bullied into bending your moral compass away from the people of Iowa? and point it directly toward the billion-dollar corporations who want this handout? 
Contrary to popular belief, you can say no to leadership. It's actually quite easy and sometimes very necessary. This is one of those occasions. We are not limiting jury trials. We are limiting one bucket of damages. As the debate ends, Representative Ann Meyer delivers her closing remarks. We are limiting pain and suffering, which by definition is non-quantifiable. It does, we're talking about insurance, it does give certainty to the insurance companies. It will change people's minds about coming and being part of our medical communities. The bill passes with 11 Republicans and all but one Democrat opposing. This bill is now eligible to be signed into law by the governor. This is the podcast Under the Golden Dome, where we follow some of the legislative movements every week. Script editor for this episode is IPR News Program Director Catherine Perkins. There are stories filed through the week on many subjects by IPR Statehouse reporter Katerina Sestarik, and you can read them at iowapublicradio.org. You can also read stories from the Capitol by IPR reporter Grant Gerlock. We had help on this episode from IPR health reporter Natalie Krebs. Subscribe to this podcast and check out some of our others like Here First or catch up on our talk shows River to River or Talk of Iowa through their podcast feeds. I'm John Pemble. Under the Golden Dome is a production of Iowa Public Radio.